Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Things you don't hear often in your life, right? But, nonetheless, I hope you're having a good Monday. Mine just started. I um, was up late over the weekend uh, working on websites. Now, I have to tell you something. I am... uh, If I was called to do... A few things in my life. One of them is clean. Yeah, I like to clean. I don't know why it makes me happy. Maybe it's just like being in my own little world. The other one is... Work on computers. And I think they have something in common. It's just like just the solitude of you alone doing something. And don't ask me why that appeals to me. I don't know. Okay? But it seems to. So I can... This is crazy. I work till 4 in the morning, Saturday, on my website. On on both of them. Uh, there's two websites, right? And um, so... I can, and I'll do that with no music on, the television off. Yeah, like, and it that dawned on me. Yeah. Dawned on me. I'm like, you know, there hasn't been any music on or any other kind of distraction <laughs> for me, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, it's amazing to me when I go through, you know, and I I go through this stuff. 
uh, on a, I don't know, on a regular basis. But I just catch myself. Um, so what was I doing on my website? So I just said, well, more and more interest in post-traumatic winning from the civilian world. So what I tried to craft is a posttraumaticwinning.com if you want to go check it out. Posttraumaticwinning.com is designed to be, you know, not as military, right? So with more and more interest coming outside the military, one of the things that I wanted to do was when you click on posttraumatic winning on, on the All Marine Radio page, you would be taken to posttraumaticwinning.com. Yeah, that was my thought. So I thought, you know, I need to really, I get, keep getting more and more requests. I had some interest uh, where I'm going to go, I'm going to Hawaii next Sunday, I think. I'm flying Saturday or Sunday. And so I'll be, speak, I'll be there speaking for a few days. So I was having a conversation with somebody and they said, oh, I was looking at your site. It's a lot of Marine stuff. And I thought, yeah, I got it. I got to dial that down. I got to dial that down because uh, people think it's intimidating. They don't think it applies to them. And so you have an opportunity to influence somebody and then it might be lost because, uh, in my opinion, for optics. Because, you know, some of my traumatic experiences in my life were in the Marine Corps. Others were not. Others were not. And, um, you know, my, you know, like a lot of guys who serve, I mean, Certainly some of my stuff um, comes from my professional life, but much of it comes from my personal life. So um, I thought, well, let me just start. Let me see if I can, you know, I can transfer some content, transfer some pages uh, on post-traumatic winning, you know, dot com. The only podcast you'll see are about post-traumatic winning, right? So weed out the database of, 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 uh, of podcasts, make sure everything. So then you get into, you know, you get, then you start getting into, okay. And I start, I start getting into the website design and things like that. I said, okay, I got to thrash the front page. I got, I'll take a combination of all Marine radios front page, but it'll all only be post-traumatic waiting stuff. Uh, because there's a fair amount of female interest in it. I will, uh, make sure that one of the, uh, display boxes, on the front is solely devoted to women. So there's always, you know, uh, content that a woman would look at and see a picture of a woman, which is important. Um, so, um, anyhow, uh, so I start doing that stuff. Um, and then some of it's very easy and then some of it's not so easy. Some of it you can't you can't remember how you did something in a website and you know it's a nuanced thing and you're like, I'm never going to remember how I did that. So uh, so I, I did that till four in the morning and I got it pretty close to where I wanted it and there were certain things I, I had to clean up yesterday, which took, I got up at, I don't know, I got up at 10 just in time to see the Yankees get their asses kicked again. I have to tell you, I saw something in the Yankees game that I've never, ever seen in my life, and I was pissed about it. Now, I've watched a lot of baseball in my life growing up in, in with what my dad did. So there's a guy who plays for the Yankees. His name's Clint Frazier. And, you know, some people just are not good at catching baseballs, right? Uh, this guy plays left field for the New York Yankees. 
for the New York Yankees. Let me tell you how much money he makes. He makes $2.1 million a year. So there's runners at first and third and one out and the best pitcher in baseball, one of them pitching, Garrett Cole. Guy hits a fly ball to the warning track, just in front of maybe 10 feet in front of the warning track. There's no way he's throwing out anybody at the plate. But when you're not very bright, that's what you think you're going to do. So he goes back, and you're watching him set up under the ball, and he sets up, and you're like, he's throwing the home plate. God only knows. So in the middle of the throw, he decides he's really supposed to throw to second base. Now, he might have heard somebody yell at him, two, 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 which is what infielders do when they know you're tracking a fly ball and they don't want you to do something stupid and they know you're fully capable of it, okay? So you got to give that one a little bit more guidance. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. But that one, yeah, make sure you yell. So maybe he hears somebody yelling, two, 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 two. And in mid-throw, he redirects the throw. The throw wounds, it lands for the first time in the grass part of the infield between pitcher's mound and, let's say, if you were drawing a line from pitcher's mound straight to the right fielder, it lands somewhere in there. I've never seen it in my life. I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, this guy's the left fielder for the New York Yankees. What the fuck, man? You're too stupid to play in the outfield? And let me tell you, in the outfield, you know, let me tell you, baseball is baseball IQ is defined by your proximity to home plate. If you're not close to home plate, yeah, you probably, as a kid, you know, yeah, you probably didn't know what you were doing to baseball. So they stuck you in the outfield and said, hey, just run it down and catch it. And if you can't catch it, pick it up and throw it to somebody who's waving their arms. Oh, okay, I could do that. Yeah. So some of it's skill, some of it IQ. They get you way, way, way away from home plate. But anyway, that's my that's my own personal philosophy. So I'm watching this thinking, this guy makes $2 million a year. And he can't even, he's been playing this game since he was a little kid. And he can't figure this shit out. So I'm pissed. So I, I went to bed at 4. I get up at about 9.55 so I could watch the Yankees get their asses kicked and finish up what I'm supposed to do. And so then I'm working on things like footers and links to make sure everything's wired together on the postmanagewinning.com website. And it is, right? Put up the page for online seminars. You could check it out. Um, so I work on that. And then, let me tell you, if you're a web designer, these are the things you learn, okay? Uh, the software that runs my websites, both of them, um, that software, you can, you can make changes that only impact cell phones. You can make changes that only um, impact tablets, Right, So they know if you have a tablet and the website adjusts itself, the software on the website adjusts itself. Yeah, how about that? Didn't know that, did you? Well, you were welcome. So anyway, um, I'm messing around with that. And that's, that's kind of tedious stuff. 
Okay. But ultimately, I got it to work. So it, it works. It looks good on on a cell phone and whatever. That takes me that takes me to like 3 o'clock. So then I take the boys. Today's Jack's birthday, my, my dog. Jack turns 12 today. So happy birthday to Jack. He got an extra treat this morning because it's his birthday. Um, yeah. And I was turning around. I didn't feel like going to the store. So yesterday I came back. I worked out. And then we had pancakes for dinner. <laughs> That's right. So he texts Colleen a picture of my pancake. I'm like, I'm having pancakes for dinner. And she's like, damn, I want pancakes. I'm like, yeah, would you have salmon or steak? And you want pancakes? You dope. So anyway, I do that. Now, I I, I a couple interesting little things, right? And I got to write myself a note. Um, and um, so I have people that um, it's been interesting since we did. The findings of fact, you know, show um, about the 15th Mew Amtrak sinking, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that, that listen to that stuff. And some of them have contacted me. And um, and more on that later this week. But I, I have this to say about that. Um, <clears throat> you won't hear a more detailed look at that. Now, people can quarrel with our conclusions you know, they can say we're stupid or whatever. That's fine. Um, but it's been interesting, the number of people that have contacted me relative to this. Here's what I don't understand. I, this goes back to execution checklists and things like that. And I don't understand how the commanding officer of the Somerset, how that guy had a job. Okay, because the Navy tends to ask one question, court marshals, if you were the CO when this happened, you know, it's your responsibility. And ship to shore and shore to ship movements are the responsibility of the Navy. And when I push back on that, that, you know, with Will and Jeff in our conversation a couple weeks ago, um, here's what, you know, what I said was, to me, the way this operation works is you have a unit that's on San Clemente Island that's looking to go to their ship. That ought to be coordinated through the battalion, the BLT, right? So you have different operation centers. You have the BLT, which is essentially 1st Battalion, 4th Marines, with all its attachments. That's the landing team, right? It's Amtraks, it's LAVs, what, all the stuff that goes into a MU, right? That's the B, not all the stuff that goes into the MU. All the things that go into the BLT, that's... The BLT. Okay, it's not the straight battalion. It's battalion and some stuff. So therefore, landing team. So they've got the BLT's got a COC. So you've got a unit that wants to go from here to there in an operation. Normally, they request permission to move if it involves other assets. Though the 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 COC makes sure everything's in place, and they say, "Roger, execute." Blah 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 blah. Well, that doesn't happen. This lieutenant is going straight to the ship, the Somerset. So, and and I was given, well, you might be out of line of sight. You might not be able to communicate with him, which 
Yeah, it's a pretty good reason, right? So I don't have calm with the BLT COC. Okay, so who's the responsibility? Who has the operational responsibility to make sure that this check gets blocked? This block gets checked is what I was trying to say. So shouldn't somebody, so in the investigation, the lieutenant of the track platoon that's moving the company says, I assume the safety boat would be in the water. Okay, that's a novice assumption. Somebody with more experience would never assume that. But there's supposed to be somebody on the Somerset, if they're responsible for shortage movement, right, they're job is to line item five bravo safety boats in the water account for them right so the so the radio communication would go like this you know i don't know if they're using their little call signs but let's just say they are and the track vehicle is like gator one right that's that's the gator platoon commander um, so he says, Gator 1 to Somerset, request permission to go feet wet uh, and reembark Somerset, in route to the Somerset. So somebody in the, in the Combat Information Center on the Somerset looks around and says, are we ready to, you know, to receive the, the tracks? And now you got to flood the well deck. You got to do this. You got to do that. And safety boats has to be something that's on that list. And evidently, nobody says, Roger, stand by. Interrogative. Plan for safety boats is what? You provided them in on the way in. Will you provide it on the way back? You know, and that's when you get, oh, no, I assumed you would be providing it. Well, stand by then. That conversation doesn't take place. So my point is that that conversation got to take place somebody. And if the ship's captain is responsible for that movement, how the hell does that guy have a job? Right? How the hell does that guy or girl, I don't know who the hell it is. How does that human being have a job? Because it's the op center's responsibility because it's your ship to shore and shore to ship. That's your responsibility. Did they just assume they were providing them as well? Well, guess what? You don't get that pass if you're responsible for the movement. And whoever did that, sorry, they just cost you your job. So things I things I don't understand. You know? There were people that were relieved because of this in the Marine Corps. But the CO of the ship that was responsible for the movement, as far as I know, that human being did not get relieved. And I find that head-scratching. I find that head-scratching. So anyway, I had a couple of those conversations over the weekend. So I would offer I would offer that to you. The other thing I would tell you is this. Um, I'm doing a couple of seminars um, with people that have... Either it's people that are either going through post traumatic winning the seminar, and uh, which is about eight weeks, and uh, started a week ago. It'll have its second session this Wednesday night. So, um, and then 
forming another group. There's actually too many people for this group. So I cut it off at about 40. So um, there'll be another group forming here shortly. So if you're interested, let me know. Um, the um, So I've got kind of invigorated. I don't know. Invigorated is the right word. Inspired is probably a better word. I've got kind of inspired uh, um, relative to um, the discussions we've had. And um, and these are the things that we're going to discuss. Uh, Tim and Tim are going to join this group. And this is everybody who's already graduated and, you know, shows up on a given night. Um, they're going to talk about trauma and shame. So living with trauma is um, is hard, right? Um, when somehow or other's shame is associated with that, it's, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. And so, uh, so we're going to talk about that. And so it's been interesting. The first week we had Dave and Linda Furness and, uh, uh, Dave, obviously the first guy who brought post-traumatic winning, um, and saw it stand up. But it's been, I mean, and the reason I wanted him to come on was not only that, but also he's watched this thing from the start. He's seen it impact himself. He's seen it impact his Marines. He's seen it impact the organization. And then Linda, from a very different perspective, you know, um, she's seen the way it impacts spouses and did not, you know, she went out of curiosity the first time. I wonder what Mac's going to do. So anyway, the second session we did was just open mic night. And I started asking questions. Okay. And it turned into this incredible conversation. It was awesome. So the third session is tonight. Okay. And it's Tim uh, Lynch and Tim McMahon, they're going to come on and talk about, you know, when you feel shame associated with trauma and the impact that has on you. So that'll be interesting, right? A week from tonight, we'll do another open mic night. Which, so that means we don't have a guest. Um, and we're going to talk about trauma and your significant other relationships. The impact you've experienced. So how does... How does this trauma thing impact you in relationships? And so that'll be interesting, right? That'll be interesting. And I've got a I got a follow up to that because right? I that I started doing last night. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to talk about Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. And uh, and his part two of the book, uh, which he talked about the creation of logotherapy, and then um, a postscript, which is a speech that he did in, in San Diego in the 80s. So we'll do that. So it's, I mean, very, very cool and exciting stuff, I think. Um, so, yeah, I got kind of geeked about that. The other thing that somebody in that group mentioned to me, and this was weeks ago, and I've had it in my head, but I haven't done it. 
And I started working on it last night, I think after midnight. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, late late night this weekend. So they told me that they had had started listing the traumatic experiences in their life. Okay. And and this is during one of our uh during one of our <clears throat> sessions. So um I thought, hmm, well that's interesting. And um and I thought to myself, self, you know, you should do that. You should do that and see um, what comes out of it. So I just started making a list. And um, <laughs> I started making a list. And the the list is by, it's my first time through, right, making the list. And I am at 31. I'm at 31 and I and the list is nowhere near complete. And what in what this woman said she did was that she just started listing the different traumatic experiences that she's dealt with in my life. So I thought, okay, well that's what I'll start that's what I'll start listing. So I'm going through my life and I'm listing these things, right? And um, without a whole lot of thought, I am up to 31. Things that, that I, as I flip through the, the timeline of my life, I say, oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, right? And you, you go through it and you start seeing it in a list <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, uh, fuck. Are you kidding me? Like, who designed this? Like, I didn't have a word with them. This gives Judgment Day a whole little different meaning for me now. Okay? So, I'll get to Judgment Day, you know. So, in my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, there's these metal gates, right? With big... Uh, kind of some kind of masonry. It's kind of a dark sand-colored masonry that holds the gates up. But those are just the gates. There's no fence outside the gate, so it's just kind of standing there alone. So those are the quote-unquote pearly gates. Saint Peter's standing there, right? White hair, beard, long robe. Looks like a Michelangelo kind of a painting. Okay. Um, and he's got a scroll of that contains evidently all my sins. And then I ask him, is this really necessary in front of my mother and my grandmother? Can we change venues? Can you send them away? Because, like, who needs their mother, right, and grandmother standing there when, both grandmothers, when, uh, it is heaven after all, um, when you have your sins, the reading of your sins, right? And St. Peter reassured me, oh, it's no big deal. I would look at my mother and say, Mom. You might want to go play golf or do so, go go drink coffee or do something you do. My mom never played golf. But 
maybe that would maybe that would maybe that would like tie you know give her a good idea or something you don't want to trust me mom you don't want to be this so but now after looking at this list i have kind of like okay before we go to that okay before we go to the final adjudication of this um i have a question like who thought this was a good idea right all of you people who know what everybody's going to do and who's naughty and who's nice and all that shit. Who thought that that was, yeah, let's do that. That's a good plan for that dude. Yeah, so it, it's given me a bone to pick. Now, I wouldn't tell just, I wouldn't tell anybody to do this. Um, but I do think it's an interesting little exercise. Yeah, I do. If you sit down and you write, the significant traumatic experiences of your life. Yeah. And would I recommend it? You know what? I mean, I think I would. I would recommend it. And um, why would you recommend it, Mac? Well, I think it's really interesting to, to, to kind of look at your life like that. And it wasn't, it certainly wasn't my idea, for God's sakes. It was somebody else's idea. But I think it's a good, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm doing, I'm doing that. I'm doing that right now. I'm in the process of it. And, um, and it is kind of interesting in terms of, you know, you sit down with yourself and you begin to go through, right, years and um and you're like so you're <laughs> you're thinking about your life and it's just like Holy smokes, man. You know, when I think about my traumatic experiences, this certainly comes to mind. And um, so I would I would absolutely include it in the list. But holy smokes, man. When you look at the amount of it, it is it is, you know, sobering to say the least. It's absolutely positively sobering, and um, and so uh, I would I would recommend it to you, you know, um, if you deal with trauma in your life, just write yourself a little note and say, you know, at some point, um, sit down and list the the trauma in your life, and I think you'll find it. I think you'll find it. Um, I think you'll find it interesting. I, I mean, I have. And I would tell you one of the reasons I did it was there's a thing that I talk about in post-traumatic winning called uh, cumulative traumatic burden. CTB. I actually made up the acronym. Yeah. It makes it sound very official. And I have this diagram that you see your cumulative traumatic burden. starts when you're young. Right. And then we go looking for help. Most of us don't find very much. And we um, and then we. um, 
And then we learn how to fake it. I didn't, I didn't, but many learn how to use, you know, alcohol to numb themselves. Yep. Or something else to numb themselves. So there's a numbing agent for a lot of people. And, um, and then we try to absorb it into our lives and, you know, you try to, you know, Hey, got to keep pushing. You got to do what you do. You know, you can't, this can't stop me. Blah, 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 all of that. And, um, so you go through that and then you, then you look through this and honestly, you're just like, I don't care who you are, man. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. And so, but you don't have, I, you know, you don't have that sense, um, you don't have that sense until until you do this. So that's why I think um, that's why I think it's a good little exercise. And then the question is, okay, so what do you think the cumulative impact of, of all of this has been in your life? What do you think? How has this impacted your life? And and I think and so to me that's where this goes, right? At least that's my opinion anyway. Uh you look at that and you say, How does this impact my relationships? How does this impact me? You know, do I deal with it, you know? Um do I deal with it like I should? Um How does this impact me? And um and so I think that's that's the benefit of the exercise, okay? And um, and so I again I would offer you um, I would offer you that, yep. Um, I would offer you that. And so it's been a, any little interesting thing. Here's an email. So how long is your list? Um, without going into too too much detail about my list, um, it's up to 31. Yeah. And, and, and and I don't think I'm giving too much away here, but, um, and I haven't written about, and I haven't listed specific events in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, yeah, so I'm 31 without those. The second question in the email was, so (laughs) how many do you think you'll have at the end? I'm like, I don't know. So the next question is, what do you define as a traumatic event in your life? Well, that's that's a good question, I think, because that's important. Well, I would tell you when you look back on your life and you say that was life changing. 
right? That was life-changing. And that still impacts me to this day. That has all the symptoms of trauma. Trauma is not simply, you know, I saw a car accident, right? It's not only involved death, but it involves trauma to you. I'll tell you one that's on my list is that, and this happened to me when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11. I was playing at a, at a, I got on my bike with a couple of friends and we went over to a, a junior high school near my home and we were playing basketball. And this kid who wasn't even playing with us, who was like maybe 15, 14 or 15 years older than me, the, the, we're shooting baskets right so we're you know we're on the court and there's you know i don't know if they were doing open gym or if there was a game going on and it was a break and we were playing off the side i can't even remember i just remember playing basketball in a gym with my friends and he walks up and punches me right in the face right right in the jaw boom i didn't see it coming and i didn't know i was confused and you know he said something and walked away and so in retrospect i think he uh, he did it either on a dare or just for shits and grins. But that, has, I mean, that, that fucked me up, you know? So, you know, what do you do when you're a kid? Well, you know, I had to learn how to fight. I mean, I think that's what you did. Interestingly enough, I didn't, I never told my mom about it. I never told my dad about it. And I mean, never really, talk, never really talked about it, but it was just the, the impact that getting punched and not really understanding how to respond to it had on me as a kid. And a, a little interesting story about the way I raised my kids. My dad always told me, never throw the first punch in a fight. That's what my dad. Never throw the first punch in a fight. Well, it takes me. I don't know, 20 years to figure out that the only punch that matters in a fight is the first punch most of the time, right? The only punch that matters is the first punch. So I'm like a little, you know, like, I don't know, little kid counterpuncher, you know, trying to, you don't have the first punch miss you because you're not going to throw the first punch. And I believe my dad, like, right, right. Um... Yeah, and I'm, um, yeah, it is. And so it takes me till I joined the Marine Corps to understand that throw first and throw often. And that's how I raised my son. You don't have to wait till somebody throws the first punch. If you think that guy wants to fight you, if that guy's being an idiot to you and you think you're going to have to fight him, throw the first 10 punches in the fight. Yeah. Throw the first 10. And if you don't, and don't lose your fights, and you won't fight very often. That's my advice to my son. Very much different than my father's advice to me about being a counterpuncher when you're a little guy. Just so you know, counterpunching as a little kid—that's tough. Okay, that's tough. That's tough. So um, yeah, so so this, and that's on this list, right? That's on this list. And so you you begin to go through, and it's amazing, the things that pop into your head, right? The things that pop into your head that happen to you throughout your life. 
And so what is what's ultimately the impact on your life? Well, I would say for me generally, um, the impact on my life, I don't have a whole lot of tolerance and I react to repeated blindside craziness. So do it once. Um, yeah, not a big deal. Mistake. Everybody has a bad day. So I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a person that judges quickly, but I do judge. And then like most people, I think, um, and then the second time and it, and again, coming out of the blue and all of a sudden the whole day is upside down because of something. Now you have my attention. I think the third such event, now I'm done. And I have it in me. And I think it's a result of this list of 31 right now. And that will go to, I don't know, 50 probably. As I as I pay more attention and scrutinize my life. Um so yeah, I think that's really a, an interesting thing. So uh so my weekend this morning on this show about nothing. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I don't know if I want to talk about too much DOD stuff. Uh the DOD budget's gonna get cut. Yeah. While the budget is exploding everywhere, it will not it won't even keep up with inflation for the DOD. And I don't know, that's a bad thing. And everybody's going to say, oh, the threat with China, blah, blah, blah. I think the DOD's got a little work to do. Got a little internal work to do. Get shit together. We outspend the Chinese. And, it, well, you know, again, I, I should caveat that. Um, I should caveat that. The... Um, Oh, my daughter's got their first shots. How about that? Mm-hmm. Congratulations to my daughters. Yeah, everybody, I think, 16 years and older can get vaccinated in the state of California. So, um, yeah, there's a couple stories we want to talk about. And the DOD budget is going down. And I was comparing it with the Chinese, but Grant Newsom cautioned me. He said they do not, um, they do not. Um, it ain't apples to apples in that comparison. So they they'll say and we'll estimate that their defense budget is two hundred next billion. You know, well, wait a minute. Put that in American equivalent terms. If you had X number of million people under arms, and you were paying them, you know, a wage, not what the Chinese pays. What would an American equivalent budget like that look like? And Grant said it wouldn't be the number that gets thrown around. It is multiples of that, clearly. So anyway, but again, I don't. I, I think the uh, my own opinion is DOD needs to get its act together. Yeah, DOD needs to get its act together. So, uh, but that in the news. Um, I want to talk about self-driving cars. I'm against self-driving cars. 
Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I am anti. Uh, I am anti uh, self-driving car. So uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. So good morning to you on uh, this mo- Monday, the nineteenth day of April. I'm a dope. Um, yeah, I put the wrong date on something. So, uh, yeah, the websites are up. And so if you want to check it out, be my guest. If you go to um, uh, allmarineradio.com and you click on, um, if you click on the uh, post-traumatic winning tab, you will now be redirected. I learned how to do that. Right to the post-traumatic winning website, and you'll see there's an interview with Bev up there. There's an interview with Luke and Emma, Ronnie Ray's. There's an interview with him. Uh, there's all kinds of really cool stuff up there. Um, you can see information about the online seminars. Um, so uh, all kinds of cool stuff there. All kinds of cool stuff there. Um, so. Good morning to you on this, uh, yeah, so my weekend. Good morning to you on this Monday. United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. Good morning. dedicated to my new website yeah it looks pretty cool i'm pretty fired up about it and uh worked on it all weekend and uh with the hope that you know more people will find uh post-traumatic winning uh more people will hop in the seminar more people get their lives changed and then go on and change somebody else's life so uh, all of that to that end on a week that i'm headed to hawaii to go do post-traumatic winning so it should be pretty cool stuff fired up about it so this is dedicated to that proposition
You're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think. And you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that, thank you very much. <clears throat> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Winning excellence not so much. Yeah. Yeah, no, so it is. The um yeah, I'm supposed to check the weather right now. Currently, it is sunny at 62. Oh, no, it's not. Raining. And... ...54 in Quantico. Let me just update this. Raining in 54 in Quantico. Down the coast of Camp Lejeune, it is partly sunny and 74. Sunny in 68 already in 29 Palms. Sunny in 66 at Pendleton. Partly sunny. I'm sorry. Dark cloudy in 64 at Camp Smith in Hawaii. Dark cloudy 65 in Okinawa. And in Darwin, it's cooled off. Dark cloudy 76. And in Norway... There is no temperature today. Yeah, it's nothing. Here at the home of All Marine Radio in the Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area of Southern California, it is sunny in 63. Looking for a high of 75 today. 64 tomorrow, 62 on Wednesday, 63 on Thursday, 63 on Friday. So, warm day today. It was, it was in the upper 80s yesterday. Yeah. The um, Let me talk about self-driving cars for a second here. Because I'm not a fan. I don't like like somebody that could kill you that's being remotely piloted or a computer's driving it. And it's hur- hurling down the interstate. I don't like that. I mean, who thinks this is a good idea? And and why why would we do this on anything but the most... But the most Remote areas. Why would we have something driving in a in an in urban area? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Right? It, oh, you know, it's a wave of the future. Blah 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 blah. Well, I hope that elected officials are held accountable when people get killed by these things, and I hope the city has to pay for this experiment they're doing. To what end? To attract technology. 
well, if we do this, they'll come and they'll, you know, create jobs. And so, you know, if a few people get killed, come on, nobody lives forever. Is that bullshit? Really? So here's a story I saw from the Houston OK. What is it? K what? K something. Um, local news. Headline, no one was driving the car. Two men dead after a fiery Tesla crash in Spring, Texas, according to officials. And when I say fiery, this thing is melted. The crash happened at 11.25 p.m. In the Carlton Woods subdivision near the Woodlands. The car burst into flames after hitting a tree near 18 Hammock Dunes Place. A Tesla burned in, burst into flames? Do those things, they're electrical, right? They're not. They don't have any fuel on them. Harris County Precinct 4 Constable Mark Herman told KPRC 2 that's a TV station, that the investigation showed no one was driving the fully electric 2019 Tesla when the accident happened. There was a person in the passenger seat of the front of the car, and there was another person in the rear seat of the car. What? So the guy that was driving got tired and wanted to lay down in the back seat? And the car got confused and hit a tree? Herman said authorities believe no one else was in the car and that it burst into flames immediately. He said he believes it wasn't being driven by a human. Harris County Constable Precinct 4 deputies said the vehicle was traveling at a high speed when it failed to negotiate a cul-de-sac turn, ran off the road, and hit a tree. KPRC2 reporter Devin Clark spoke to one man's brother-in-law who said he was taking the car out for a spin with his best friend. So there was just two in the vehicle. The owner, he said, backed out of the driveway and then may have hopped in the back seat only to crash a few hundred yards down the road. He said the owner was found in the back seat upright. Wow. The brother-in-law of one of the victims said relatives watched the car burn for four hours as authorities tried to put out the flame. Authorities said they used 32 gallons of water to extinguish the flames because the vehicle's batteries kept reigniting. At one point, Herman said, deputies had to call Tesla to ask them how to put the fire out in the batteries. Wow. And here, and here's somebody who posted a comment. No way the driver climbed into the back seat. If you look at Google Maps, you see the maximum distance the car traveled was 500 feet. Just look up 18 Hammock Dunes Place on Google Maps. I have a Tesla with autopilot, and this sounds impossible to me. 
looks more like a dude showing off what his car can do. Autopilot would not reach a speed that would be fatal on that road within such a short distance. You really need to launch the car. Here's another comment. Pretty much impossible that nobody was driving the car. If the car was full self-driving enabled, autopilot is a different set of capabilities. They would have they would have to be running a beta version of full self-driving. The beta version requires that the car sense hands on the steering wheel and a cabin camera is active sensing the presence of a person that they are paying attention. If the car was just in autopilot, the car has to sense that there are hands on the steering wheel to operate. The um this happened at what time? Eleven twenty five PM. So yeah, I'm against self driving cars, just for the record. So yeah, that story that story out of Houston. Um there's another story I saw over the weekend that got my attention. And this has to do with Germany and Russia and the Nord Stream two gas pipeline. So the headline says this, Biden faces new pressure to act on Russia's Nord 2, on Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. Left out of sanctions package, pipeline to Germany would hurt the Ukraine, give Moscow sway over Europe's energy market. Right? And who's the enabler of all this? Germany. President Biden is facing growing pressure from Congress as his administration wrestles with whether to use U.S. sanctions powers against Nord Stream 2 a Russian natural gas pipeline project in Europe. Mr. Biden opposes the pipeline, which would circumvent supply lines that run through the Ukraine to transport Russian natural gas to U.S. ally Germany, undermining, undermining the Ukraine and strengthening Russia's grip over a European energy market. The project, however, was conspicuously left out of a series of sanctions and other punitive measures against Moscow announced on Thursday. The Biden administration has prepared sanctions package against the project, which are under consideration and include some of the most aggressive approaches yet to kill the pipeline, but hasn't decided to impose them according to a current and former according to current and former State Department officials. Why not? So again, once you can see, so Germany doesn't want U.S. troops to leave. But they enable Russia, right? And and what happens when Russia does business with the West is those that's those are currency transactions. That's not a big that's not a small deal. That's a big deal. So that in the news that that caught my eye uh, today. The um, we'll take a quick look at DoD headlines because it is kind of sort of what we do here. Um, top story in Stars and Stripes today is. Vaccine eligibility open as many U.S. bases in Europe, but appointments are scarce. You know, it's, uh, there's a story about military housing, right? 
it's amazing to me that there's still stories being written about military housing after after all the bullshit, right, that has happened relative to military housing. That you're still seeing people go to court. You're still seeing disgusting living conditions for military members on military bases. To me, it's like if you haven't got this unscrewed, just start firing people. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. The um, another story. Fifty-one West Point cadets caught cheating must repeat a year. And the picture <laughs> that accompanies the story is a picture at West Point that says, you know, it's a big kind of uh, stone carving. The cadet honor code is etched into it, right? A cadet will not lie, cheat, steal, or tolerate those who do. Most of the 73 West Point cadets accused of the biggest cheating scandal in decades at the U.S. Military Academy are being required to repeat a year and eight were expelled. The cadets were accused of cheating on an online freshman calculus exam in May while students were studying remotely because of the coronavirus pandemic. An investigation was launched after instructors noticed irregularities in answers. All but one were freshmen or plebes in a class of 1,200. The other was a sophomore. Cadets at the centuries-old Officer Training Academy on the Hudson River are bound by an honor code that they will not lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate those who do. The cheating scandal is the biggest at West Point since 1976. West Point said that 73 cases investigated by the Cadet Honor Committee, six cadets resigned during the investigation, four were acquitted by a board of their peers, two cases were dropped due to insufficient evidence. Most of the cadets, 51 total, were turned back one full year after admitting to cheating. And two were turned back six months. Those cadets are under probation until graduation. Lieutenant General Darrell Williams, West Point Superintendent, personally adjudicated, 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 adjudicated each case. Quote, the tenets of honorable living remain immutable and the outcomes of our leader development system will remain the same to graduate army officers that live honorable, honorably, lead honorably, and demonstrate excellence, Williams said in a prepared release. West Point must be the gold standard for developing army officers. We demand nothing less than impeccable character from our graduates. Well, with this many people cheating, I don't understand. <laughs> Can you explain it to me? And that most of them stay in your program? They just have to repeat the year? Eight cadets were removed from the academy. Of those three, accepted the chance to take part in an academy mentorship program that allows them to reapply to the academy after serving for up to a year. So what's the message to the other 1,150? It's okay to cheat. You could cheat. We'll understand. That's the gold standard? Hmm. I must not really understand what a gold standard is. 
Yeah. I must be struggling with the idea of what an actual gold standard is. I thought it's top of the line. The Academy also said it will end its six-year, quote, willful admission process, which was used by 55 cadets and is designed to protect cadets who promptly admit to wrongdoing from being kicked out. What is that, immunity? I did it. Officials determined the process was not meeting its goal of increasing self-reporting and decreasing toleration for violations of the honor code. Oh, what happened was they used it, right? They used it as a way out. West Point said that 52 of the cadets, 52 of 73 were athletes, but none of the guilty cadets are currently representing the academy on teams. Interesting. Gold standard. Hello. Um, Another story. This comes out of the Orange County Register, but appears in Stars and Stripes. AVs given okay to go back down the water after a deadly accident. Marines at Camp Pendleton were back in the ocean this week training in amphibious assault vehicles for the first time since nine men died when one of the troop carriers sank on July 30th during a training exercise off San Clemente Island. The Marine Corps... The Marine Corps' entire fleet of seafaring vehicles was suspended from all water training immediately following the deadly accident. Starting on Monday, April 12th, Marines from Camp Pendleton's 3rd Amphibian Assault Battalion began in the classroom. Then it outlines all the training that uh, that these Marines are now undergoing. As part of the investigation's resulting recommendations, fleet-wide testing was done on all 800 AVs to determine their watertight integrity. This week's training at Camp Pendleton included a review of lessons learned from the July tragedy as well as from previous AV accidents. Let me tell you, I mentioned this in one of our discussions, but um, every time you go to the California desert, uh, you sit through a brief about a Marine that was left. His name is Lance Corporal Jason Rother. Um, every time we, you go to the desert to train, you sit through what's known, now known as the Rother brief. And, uh, and I think that some version of that is going to be appropriate when you form uh, Marine expeditionary units in the future that you're going to have to painstakingly go through with somebody the mistakes that have been made by organizations that have come together um, and um, that have come together and, uh, and the mistakes that have been made. The Bonhomme Richard um, was a picture here of uh, it being towed from San Diego, getting ready to be turned into scrap. A $4 billion ship burned in port. And you haven't seen anything about that investigation yet. So patiently waiting for that thing to come to light. 
from Marine Corps Times. Uh, there's an incident late last week in Gen- General Caselvi, who's now the IG of the Marine Corps. He was the commanding general, 1st Marine Division. He owned 1st Battalion, 4th Marines. There was a battalion landing team in the uh, in the Amtrak incident. He owned the um, he owned the AV battalion. Um, who else did he own? There's somebody else he owned. He essentially owns everybody. Anyway, um, he testified last week in public with the other inspector generals of the other services. And at the end of it, um, Congressman Jackie Spears, who's from California, she um, she took him to task, wondering how how does somebody like you get promoted whose failures were instrumental in the death of eight Marines and one sailor. How does that happen? So, um, interesting, interesting um, stuff. Um, Top stories in early bird today. Number one, Afghanistan withdrawal plan could involve a small troop surge. So the Afghans have said, you better keep your promises, even though we won't keep ours. Okay. That's what the, that's what the Taliban said. Okay. Which is everybody out by May 1st. Um, so it could involve a surge. The Pentagon is pulling out its old Afghanistan withdrawal plans and reworking them from for a September 11th deadline. The 2,500 troops deployed to the country may see some backup arriving to help with removing equipment, shutting down operation centers, and maintaining security as the Taliban seeks to take advantage of their focus on closing up shop. So pretty standard stuff. We did very similar things when we shut down Navy bases and um, and whatnot uh, in the Pacific in the past. So that in the news this morning. Number two, senators propose roadblock for the F-35 sale to the United Nations, United Arab Emirates, UAE. A duo of Democratic senators offered a bill Friday that would block the sale of the F-35 fighter jet to the UAE after the Biden administration acknowledged it is advancing the Trump-era deal. Uh, Bob Menendez, yeah, still in the Senate. And Dianne Feinstein, yep, Dianne Feinstein, under a lot of pressure in California because she's not progressive enough. She got in huge trouble because she hugged, who was it, Lindsey Graham? After the way he ran the Kavanaugh hearing? Yeah, oh my God, are you kidding me? Be careful who you hug these days. Okay, 
their proposed legislation legislation would require the administration to make a raft of assurances and commitments to Congress that the F-35 sensitive technology and Israel's security are fully protected. So that in the news. Number three, eight cadets at West Point expelled for cheating. Over 50 set back a year. Now, let me tell you what I think the headline ought to be. 52 West Point athletes caught in cheating scandal. 73 total, eight are expelled. What does it make sense about that? If you're the gold standard. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Number four, Biden wants Congress, not courts, to decide on adding women to the military draft. Of course he does. You want to know why? Because Congress won't do it. For political reasons, because they know they'll lose votes. So here's the logical syllogism. We're all equally capable, right? Even though that's not true. There's a difference between the genders. You may not have noticed it. I'm here to point shit like that out to you. Okay? So there's a difference. There's a reason why we have girl sports and boys sports. Okay? Because boys are bigger, faster, stronger. And if we had one team like we back like we used to have back in the thirties and the forties, guess what? There was no girls on those teams. So if we if we can in a cost saving measure, if we consolidated all athletics, we'll have a single team. Yeah, there would be very very few opportunities for women, right? On a on a ace on the on the university swimming team, how many women are on that team if it's one team? Good question. Probably not too many. I think would be an educated answer. It's only in the military. Where we say, oh yeah, everybody can do, anybody can do anything. That's not true. But that's the going in proposition. Okay. And if you're, if you're, if you disagree with that, then you're an extremist. You're not somebody who just like looks at it and say, yeah, that's not true though. Okay. That's not true though. So what has to happen is a constant redefinition and a lowering of standards till everybody can do everything. Okay, so that's the narrative, okay? So everybody is fully capable of doing both. So all jobs ought to be open to everybody, right? We're interchangeable. Got it? So why are only males subject to the draft? Uh Uh-oh. And if the courts, because there's people that are forcing this, if the courts ruled, that either nobody registers for the draft or everybody registers for the draft, okay, then here's my prediction. The draft will go away. Because politicians don't have the intestinal intestinal fortitude. I think Mike Etor called it gonadial dissonance, right? They don't have the intestinal fortitude to piss off all those female voters by telling every woman of high school, you know, that turns 18, you got to go register for the draft. Whose fucking idea was this? <laughs> right? I'm not getting drafted. Yeah. So that's why 
Biden wants Congress, not the courts to decide. But guess what? Somebody might give Joe Biden a civics lesson because that's not how we do it in this country. You can propose legislation and create laws and citizens have the right to take those laws to the Supreme Court. There's three branches. Okay. For this reason. The Biden administration has asked the Supreme Court to let Congress resolve the potential constitutional problem of the mail-only draft. (laughs) In brief, the Solicitor General, who argues in front of the Supreme Court for the Biden administration, said that Congress is considering requiring women to sign up as well. The high court should let the legislative branch resolve the question. Quote, Congress's attention to the question may soon eliminate the need for the court to grapple with the constitutional question. The American Civil Liberties Union, representing the National Coalition for Men, filed the current petition on January 8th after lower court previously ruled to declare the draft unconstitutional for not including women. There's your problem. The Solicitor General's brief does not argue that the draft should include women. Quote, noticeably absent from the government's brief is any argument that men-only registration is constitutional. That is not surprising given the men-only registration is outdated based on gender stereotypes and no longer recommended by the military itself. So there you go. So, interesting stuff. Um, Number five, from moral responsibility to magical thinking, how Biden changed his mind on Afghanistan. Right. And so what happened was when Donald Trump was pulling out, did you, you know, have you seen some of the Joe Biden quotes? After 9-11, Biden embraced the idea that U.S. troops should leave the country better than how they found it. Afghanistan, that is. Now as president, he's withdrawing them regardless. So, again, it was Robert Gates who said um, Joe Biden's been on the wrong side of every major foreign policy decision in the last 40 years. I I can't remember who I I attribute that to somebody else. I was mistaken. Yep. Overseas operations, rockets hit Balad Air Base. Two Iraqi security forces were wounded. Number two, U.S. and NATO warned Russia not to blockade Ukrainian ports, but the Russians have done it anyway. We were going to send destroyers into the Black Sea. We decided not to. Now the Russian Navy is somehow or other blockading the Black Sea. Next, U.S. can build military facilities in Norway under new defense cooperation pact. Next, top commander says more vaccines are coming to Europe after lawmakers question Pentagon planning. Uh, the Marine Corps is being taken to task for not having a very high vaccination rate. Yep. So that'll do it for today. Uh, that's all it is. It's kind of a, a show about nothing today. 
So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're just tuning in, uh, what you'll hear at the start of this is uh, my website, Adventures Over the Weekend, which are not very exciting. Uh, but what is exciting is something that somebody you know, told me they were doing and uh, during one of my seminars. And uh, they said that they were making a list of the traumatic experiences in their life. And so when she said it, she said, well, you know, I sat down and, you know, I think journaling is an important part of, uh, of the seminar that, that I do. Because if you just take some notes as you think of things, you will look back at the end of eight weeks at this book of wisdom that you've accumulated about trauma and about yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's your own little book of wisdom. So, so she's talking about that, and then she said, you know, I started writing down the trauma. I didn't think I had much trauma in my life, and then I started writing things down. And then she said, I stopped at 25. What the hell? So I had that in the back of my head, and I talk about it. Um, I talk about it in uh, at the start of the first hour, as well as a few other things. So anyway, yeah, if you're... Uh, if you're interested, you can find information about the seminars. Just go to uh, posttraumaticwinning.com. You'll see the seminar tab. You can find it on All Marine Radio as well. Just click on the posttraumatic winning tab. So um, anyway, um, have a great day. Uh, don't be afraid to shut the news off. Not too much good out there. And uh, don't be afraid to help somebody. Yeah, that's the country you live in. That is our legacy. And uh, and again, in spite of what anybody tells you, you live in the most diverse nation on the planet where there is more opportunity for more people than anywhere on the planet. Is it perfect? No. Are there still idiots among us? Absolutely. So, go out. Don't be afraid to uh, to do something good for somebody. And if you have a chance to touch your lives relative to trauma, make sure you do that. And if I can help you, do not be afraid to let me know. I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Have a great Monday. I'm out. And don't be afraid to change somebody's life. Yep.